Hey everyone, it's Jess from Daydreams and Tea. Every week I'll be dropping a new episode, so make sure you hit that follow button and join the party. Let's get into it. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Daydreams and Tea with me, Jess. Uh, It is season two, episode three, baby. And I'm so happy and stoked uh, to have you all here listening today. And super stoked because today is going to be a chatty episode about nostalgia, throwback, but in the music category. I love music. I'm pretty sure all of us do, whether it's old, new, I love country, rock, acoustic, mainstream, whatever. It's just a full range of taste and music. It normally, like typically, it'll be around like one or five songs that will constantly be on repeat. Like those five songs will play every single day on repeat in like a five song playlist. And, you know, I really try not to, but that's how sometimes my my music needs work. <laughs> so the other day I was like um, expressing that I was currently obsessed with um, Megan the Stallion, specifically um, um, the song that she has called Bitch, um, Savage, of course. Uh, Girls in the Hood is by far my favorite. Um, and What's New. So that week I was literally playing What's New by Megan the Stallion like over and over. Um, another artist I was obsessed with was Mae Muller. She's a British artist and I love her. Like she's such a queen, her style, like she's beautiful and her, just her voice is really nice. And she does have that English voice where you, in her singing, you do hear her accent too, which is quite cool. And then the other artists, and they all start with M's, which is kind of funny, is Morgan Wallen, Whalen or Wallen. I don't know how to pronounce his last name very well, <laughs> but he's a country kind of goes into pop sort of country but his voice is very country like southern um so I was like just repeating those three artists over and over so just constantly having some country some hip-hop and some like kind of pop with a bit of acoustic vibes with Mae Muller but each of them literally was different vibes but I was constantly playing them so like I just felt connected to it I think music is a very cool topic because it's kind of subjective well it is subjective I know everyone has their own taste of music and an artist who they like and it's really universal as well like there's so many different kinds of music that you can listen to and enjoy so in the name of music we are going to talk about specifically music in the time of 2000s 2010 so 10 within 10 years of that span um, I chose this era because early 2000s sometimes the crossover between the 90s and 2000s was also a bit different musically and I feel like um it pretty it stayed pretty consistent within 2000s and 2010 of the kind of vibes and top singles that were out back then and to get you guys involved I did a poll on the daydreams in teapod instagram um, which is always linked in the show notes if you're ever wondering um, where can you find um, links to the instagram or um, to um, other um, resources I'll leave below you can always find those in the show notes and if you want to follow and participate in the next poll that's definitely where you could be looking for the next poll and also see um, if you match the results 
um, that I'll be sharing on the podcast. So I asked you guys about Drake, The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, Halsey, and I also asked you guys about some throwback albums from Fergie, Katy Perry, and um, an iconic Canadian queen, Avril Lavigne. Oof, that rhymed. And uh, what I really want to know was who you guys were listening to. Um, so this is why I con- conducted these polls, asking which artists you lean towards more if you had to choose between the two options. So I called this poll this or that. I did another um, this or that more about tea and coffee. Um, I asked you guys as well if you all liked milk in your tea and if you're more an iced coffee person or a hot coffee person. And by far the winner was iced coffee and by far the winner was people put milk in their tea. Now for the tea part, I'm not sure if it's any tea because for me that would be weird. Like I don't put milk in mint tea or herbal teas. I only put milk in um, my English breakfast, which is a staple in my house. So that is something I probably needed to clarify, but for sure, iced coffee, I'm with you guys. I'm on that side. I'm not a big coffee drinker in in general, but iced coffee is just so good, so refreshing, gives you energy. I'd like to have it more in the afternoon, Um, you know, afternoon slump or when you're not really feeling that energetic. It just gives you that boost of sugar, (laughs) cream, uh, coffee taste. I really love that too. On the music side of things, I created this poll. So asking specifically which artists you lean more towards. So um, two of the ones I've asked was if you had to choose between The Weeknd or Drake, which do you listen to more? Whose stuff do you um, you know, connect with better? And 90% of you said The Weeknd and 10% said Drake. I feel like Drake, you know, he has some good stuff. But I definitely think The Weeknd's more my vibe, like, personally. And, you know, 90% of you also voted The Weeknd, so maybe you guys are on the same wavelength as me. The next one was a hard, probably really hard one. And I chose these two artists because I just feel like they stick out. They are, like, in the mainstream. They always top the charts. Um, and they're also very just like strong women and I just wanted to see which one you guys chose. So I asked if you had to choose between Halsey and Taylor Swift and 80% of you said Halsey and 20% Taylor Swift. That is pretty still like Halsey was added 80% so that um, is a bit more towards her than I would have thought. Like I would have thought it would have been more head to head. Um, because both of them are just such amazing artists. They have very different vibes, but they're just both, I think, really strong women. And I think that was really cool to see which one you guys were fans of. So you guys were the Weekend fans and Halsey fans uh, more than anything out of those four uh, artists. For the next poll, I wanted to compare albums because albums and CDs were are, you know, they're not non-existent now. Like people still do buy them. And even at radio stations, like, um, they will, like, review them and they do play, like, CDs still. Like, they still accept them. So, um, albums are just iconic. Like, they're throwback in the sense that, like, they were the way you could listen to music the most um, and, like, choose and purchase and support artists that way. And, um, you know, when you go to Sunrise Records or HMV, like, all those stores... And um, an album, when it was my first one that I bought with my own money, and it was on Amazon, and then so it was a package that came to my house, and 
I never bought an online before. And this was like the early, early days of Amazon as well. And one of those albums was in my poll. So I asked you guys which album was more your thing, which, which was more played or iconic out of these two. The first was The Duchess, which is Fergie's um, solo album. And the other was one of the boys, Katy Perry's album. So the poll, you guys, you guys really voted on this one. And it was very, very tight. And it's still tight because it was 50-50, guys. 50% of you said Fergie was like the album that you guys chose. And the other 50 was Katy Perry. And the album I happened to be, um, I happened to have purchased back when I was younger and it was my first album I ever bought was actually the Katy Perry album but it is very hard to choose like Fergie's um, songs were so like catchy so fun um and then Katy Perry like she was just you know building her kind of image and stuff and she was like super cool and she was also had really good songs so for me it was hard to vote um, so, but if I had to vote, I would still stick for Katy Perry just because the fact that it was like the first album I bought, plus um, like a lot of the songs on the album, like one of the boys is like the title of the of the album, but also it is a title song. That one was a very good song. Um, there were some songs like a song called Mannequin that was very um, like it was a slow song, like a sad song, and just like lyrically, I really liked Katy Perry's um, album for this. So I would uh, go with Katy Perry. And maybe that will tilt <laughs> the poll to a 60% and 40%. Um, and the last poll was all about the Canadian queen of pop and rock, Miss Avril Lavigne. Um, I really wanted to know because Avril Lavigne like, grew so much like, and her style was very iconic. And, you know, she was this badass tomboy and then later had like dyed her hair blonde. Like she was just a chameleon. And I really want to know which song you thought was more iconic. Um, the first one was from 2002, which is Skater Boy. We all know this song. And the other one was Girlfriend when it came out in 2007. Like I remember that music video so well of the girlfriend um, where she really was the blonde, the brunette, and the redhead played the same, same, you know, she was her, but played different, like, styles, basically, and I just loved the concept of that video, and Skater Boy was really, like, her, her other song after, um, um, her other songs, like, um, Complicated, and Skater Boy was just a really cool, fun song that I think gets on our head every once in a while. So, what do you guys think you voted? Skater Boy or Girlfriend? Well, 60% voted Girlfriend and 40% voted Skater Boy. So there you have it. That was pretty good. Like 60-40, like, you know, it could have easily gone the end, you know, either way. Um, I definitely probably uh, would have voted Girlfriend just because just such a good song and the music video, like the whole package. And I really love Avril Lavigne at that time, like the whole pink strands. Sometimes she had green in her, like... Just that album, like the most, the best damn thing, like that album was so good. I like played it so much on my karaoke machine, like my little music machine. So good. So Girlfriend was definitely um, iconic. I also got to say, um, out of the many concerts I went to growing up, the fans for Avril Lavigne were so energetic, so cool. The fact that she sang with a microphone that was pink and bedazzled was just so cool. And, you know, her hair, like, blonde, but with all these extensions and colors. 
she was just a badass bitch and i just think it was such those concerts were so fun and so iconic and another concert that also come to mind or more of like a, the tour that came to mind was Rihanna when she came out with the album Good Girl Gone Bad and she went on tour and she went on tour with Akon who was an opener and Rihanna seriously was releasing like hit singles after, one after the other and then Akon also was pretty like getting um, his singles out there as well like seriously um, smack that and I want to love you <laughs> they were all pretty like explicit songs for the age I was but there were such bops <laughs> like seriously and I still don't know what happened to Akon to this day like I remember he's like convict music so I don't know if he like I don't know did he stop being in the music industry I'm not sure what happened to him but you know Rihanna's still a queen we love her look at her now she has Savage X Fenty her beauty she's just killing the game like she's just a businesswoman badass badass bitch and I love Rihanna too so I just think Avril Lavigne's energy Rihanna's energy is such good um, like female uh, empowerment uh, kind of represent rep you know represents like female power I love them also having grown up in Canada and, you know, later on, I actually was working in the Canadian music industry and I got to realize a couple of things or, or just gain some more knowledge behind that. And for one of those is that um, I find like Canadian music, we really prioritize artists and songs that are Canadian. And also, you might not know this, but, you know, radio stations here in Canada, they have a quota to meet where at least 35% of the songs that they play are Canadian. And if you, you can even go further with that, like if you go to specifically um, French speaking stations in Quebec, um, those provinces also have a quota for a percentage of French songs that they need to play. But overall, like every radio station in Canada must play 35% of it must be Canadian songs. So maybe the percentage seems low to you or maybe it seems high, but really 35% is a really good amount. So the fact that as a country, like we're really promoting our own uh, creators and uh, singers and, and musicians. I think that's really cool and really special. I'm not sure on the American side of things how it really works that they do have a percentage. I'm gonna guess they don't but over here we're really about promoting like our people basically. And from 2000 and 2010, most of us were listening to radio a lot, like it was prominent or, you know, we were just starting to get like um, buying CDs like on those walk discs and then MP3 players and then iPods, right? So we all like that was during that time when everything was kind of being um, made and being more popular. And the fact that people like Avril Lavigne or like Justin Bieber and Nelly Furtado were going international was really cool. And I think, especially, I know, like, for, for me, at least, Justin Bieber, it was really cool to see because, um, you know, he was from Stratford, which is a town not even that far from where I grew up, like I mostly grew up. So it's just so cool to, you know, have just people that you might have crossed paths with or not, you know, around you that become international stars. Like, that's a pretty cool, like, feeling. And... It is really hard as well to make it in Canada. Like I find like in the music industry in Canada, it's hard to get your stuff played. So let alone that those people or some artists make it all the way, um, you know, outside of the country and become international names is super cool. 
And if you're a fellow Canadian listening to this, I found a few one-hit wonders that were extremely popular. These were really mainstream songs on the radio at this time, one-hit wonders or you know artists you might have forgot about that probably still exist today. Well, some of them at least in my list. The only unfortunate thing is that I can't really play these songs on the podcast, um, maybe, possibly because there's copyright issues and things like that. But maybe I can just sort of sing them or I don't know if I can remember like the lyrics. <laughs> Most of the time I'm pretty good at remembering lyrics. So maybe, um, you know, I can give off a 10 second uh, vocalization of these songs. So so I have a little list of Canadian artists and top you know songs that were happening. First, we have Don't Call Me Baby. This Not the same as Don't Call Me Maybe because Don't Call Me Maybe came out in 2012 which was Carly Rae Jepsen in that we're talking about the 2000s, 2010s. So a, a song that came out um, that I forgot about personally and I just remembered, her name was Kresha Turner and it was called Don't Call Me Baby and it went like, don't call me baby anymore, like kind of like that. It went like, hoo hoo hoo, da-da-na-na-na, da-da-na-na, da-da oh baby like the bridge was kind of like that but i remember it was called don't call me baby like by Kresha turner i remember that was song played on the radio another song that i used to hate to be honest i used to hate this song because i thought it was so dumb and so repetitive but um after and i remember the music video for this and i actually had a cool it's a cool happy vibe and it's feist with one two three four and it, I think, I think maybe everyone remembers this. It was one, two, three, four. Tell me that you love me more. Five, six, nine, and ten. Da, da, da. Like it just was a bit dumb, but uh, um, I remember not liking it very much. But the music video is pretty cool. Like it's well coordinated and stuff. But Feist, one, two, three, four. The other one I really and I really like this artist, and I think um, Miley Cyrus was known to shout out um, this Canadian artist, and she really likes her as well. Um, her name is Lights, and I remember the song called Drive My Soul. I can't remember the lyrics or the, how it goes again, um, but I remember this was a song that was played a lot, like Lights, Drive My Soul. She had other hits too, but I cannot think of them right now. But, um, you know, Lights, I think she's a pretty cool like chick too. She still makes music as far as I know and produces. Um, another song that stuck to my head was Unlove You by Elise Estrada. You probably forgot totally about this girl. She had Unlove You and then she had another song called um, like Sensational or something or yeah like Sensational or something and um, I think she was again one of those one hit wonders. She didn't really like come back or have any like or build her career I guess but I remember that song as well. And this next one, I really still love to this day. Like, it's just a good, it's a well-written song. It's July Black with Seven Day Fool. Where, go, where she goes like, I'll be your seven day fool. I'll be your seven day fool. I'll be your seven day fool. Even though I never loved you. Or like something like this. But it was just such a catchy song. Um, where it, like it talks about um, you know being so infatuated with someone that even though the there's like red flags um, like you're you don't mind because or you're just so infatuated that you just don't see it 
So I thought that was a really good song. And the next one was Faber Drive, Tongue Tied. I remember Faber Drive had one or two singles. And they were a cool band, but I don't even know what happened to them, to be honest. Like, I don't know if they still make music. I'm pretty sure they're Canadian. They kind of gave the same vibe as Boys Like Girls, which is American, I think. Um, like, kind of those vibes to it. Or Metro Station. You know how Metro Station was like, uh, Trey Cyrus was like one of the leads, which is like Miley Cyrus's brother. Um, but yeah, Faber Drive. They had Tongue Tied, and that was a pretty good song, too. Another really iconic one in the very early 2000s was No Heaven by Champion. And it was, oh, Lord, there ain't no heaven. And it was just like a really cool beat to the song. And it was just, it literally, I think it was more of like a DJ song, like a dance EDM track, because it literally just said, it repeated, oh, Lord, there ain't no heaven. There ain't no heaven. Oh, Lord. And it like over and over but it was a pretty catchy song and it was a cool dance track. And the last one was, I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's a group or, or, or a single, a singer by itself. Uh, I think it's Koss. It's K-O-S. And it was Sunday morning when I did not think the song was Canadian, but um, it's a pretty standard song. Like, you know, um, it's like it goes every day, it's Saturday night, and I can't wait for Sunday morning, Sunday morning, like something like that. So it was like, it was catchy because like in your head, it was just the chorus kept repeating like every day is Saturday night, and I can't wait for Sunday morning. Like it was just repeated over and over, but so those are like some, you know, one hit wonders that I, I kind of came up with or remembered from the Canadian radio stuff. And it was just all a vibe. Like for sure, Feist was the most annoying one to be in your head. I think July Black was probably my favorite like of the singles just because lyrically it was a cool song. Um, and yeah, so those, uh, what do you guys think? Was there any ones I missed from this list? You know, if you're Canadian too and you remember like, what were the singles like playing on, um, you know, on the radio at the time that were from Canadian artists. So let me know for that if you remember. And please don't mind my singing. <laughs> I really, again, I, I can really play um, the tracks on the podcast just in case. So hopefully you guys um, remembered either without me singing or with my singing. <laughs> there are many honorable mentions during this time. Um, personally, I was loving the rocker kind of groups, pop rock vibes. So Paramore, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Good Charlotte, all spoke to me as a teenager, like in your teenage rebellious emo side phase. <laughs> I literally loved Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. Like he was like, I cut him out from a, from a magazine, probably J14. And he was in my locker for like the longest time. And I remember Paramore was one of my um, really good friends back then. Like it was her favorite band. And she also kind of aspired to be a singer at some point. And she just loved um, Paramore so much. And then later on, I actually discovered Panica Disco from my neighbor because she had an album from them. And I'm like, who is this people? And I just love Panica the Disco. Like Brandon Yuri, what, what an amazing talent. Like his voice is, in, is so incredible. Such good songs. So really spoke to me, those groups. Another album specifically that was literally on repeat, 
dancing with my friends every single weekend with lip syncing to pretending we're like the badass bitches that we're not (laughs) during the time when you're in your tweens or whatever was the pussycat dolls like literally iconic iconic super super um was into that and i remember at some point they had a spin-off show um and to find the next pussycat dolls and they created the group like the winners formed a group called girlicious and if you guys remember that show let me know and girlicious but girlicious they had what i think one album they released a couple videos but then they quickly like separated or went their own ways so they didn't last too long i think not even over a year to be honest but they had some good songs like maniac by girlicious was good like stupid shit was a kind of like badass song but pussycat dolls are just there's there's no there's no other group like them like i just love them and now that they came back you guys know like remember they came back i think it was last year or the be- or late 2019 maybe but you know with react and their new song react um it's it's again not all the members are back but i think i think there's only one member who's not there but react and then they made like a collaboration song with um megan trainer called genetic genetics i love that song too and yeah so just pussycat dolls always kill it and in a way, Pussycat Dolls reminds me of like an American version of a, a K-pop group because, um, well, not, their, not the music for K-pop, but in terms of the structure, like they were all beautiful, all amazingly individually talented. They were amazing dancers. They're amazing like singers and performers. Like they had the whole package and that's what like a lot of K-pop um, groups like force, well, not force, but like are really pretty hard on them for that. So definitely Pussycat Dolls, they put the work in and they deserve like the fame that they've had. Another group who had so many hit songs was the Black Eyed Peas. And in Canada, um, another group that we had a lot, but it was I think they're more Canadian and I'm not sure if there's any listeners who knew about them outside, but they were called Down With Webster. And they had such catchy songs and they played a lot of shows. Like they had, um, they had even a tour at some point, like I remember. Um, and they even played at like um, the local fair. Like we had a, like a really huge fair in Carnival like grounds every September, and there would be concerts during this fair like during the week. And they played, and they were super like popular amongst my friends. They had really great songs, but the thing is that their structure like Down with Webster, there were like I don't know five or six guys in it, and each was a bit like one was a rapper, one one played like the instruments, one was a singer. Like there's a lot of singers within the the same group, like either a rapper or just two of the like pop kind of vibe singers. And I think like I don't know, they're not really they were successful, which is cool, but like it's kind of weird how they were successful in the sense that the the group members like interchanged so much like one year it would have been these five guys the next year wouldn't have been new like almost half of them would have left and then they they got replaced like things like that it's like not really consistent and i think i know i know to to this day like i don't know what their last song would have been but um i I still really vibe with their songs like i still have to this day like on my um songs for days playlist on my spotify is like a couple of their songs that just they always hit they always hit like the spot like so good (laughs) But yeah, Black Eyed Peas had so many hits, like literally, and Down With Webster, like we're just a really popular group back then and like when I was a teenager, 
um, and they were just really good energy as well. Another place you'd always hear music is for sure school dances when you were like growing up, where if you ever attended them, um, these are like dances in like, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, like when middle school days, they're always playing the same artists. And for us, they played often Justin Bieber, Jason Derulo, there was Ayaz, Rihanna, Kesha. Kesha was like a big one. And Lady Gaga stuff, like early days, super good. And but also like I went to a French speaking school. So there was also strict rules like, you know, all the artists that like they were playing were, were English speaking and they didn't really love that. Like at my school dance, they, they're like, we need to make sure you play French music and then for us we just did not care <laughs> about the French music back then like and and you know but we still had to play them and like the song that always got played was the same song that everyone like liked because it was actually well done was Alors on danse by Stromae which is a um Belgian artist um and that song was just really good like it was dancey it was fun um, but if they were not playing that, we didn't really like what they're playing. We're like, can we just listen to like American or English speaking like uh, music? And we're just like more Justin Bieber, more Kesha. Um, but that was always fun and like always a good time with those like, little dances that we had at our small school. <laughs> and if we move on to music and TV, um, you know, American Idol was such a big show like the auditions were like probably the best part of like that you'd watch because that was the most entertaining and they even had Canadian Idol at some point and American Idol Kelly Clarkson won in 2002 that's so long oh my gosh 2002 right like she won American Idol and she had so many diverse songs after that and albums and and like I, I remember reading about like her battles with it because like if you win American Idol like you know, you're really, it's really cool and exciting, but you don't really get to do your own thing creatively. And, you know, she went through a lot of albums, different songs and stuff like that. Um, I think from that time, like early days, like her main songs were like, um, like that one in that Christmas movie. Um, I want to know what love is. No, it's something like that. It's, um, it's like when, when, you know, when something's on the tip of your tongue, you like, you cannot think about it. Oh, it's the trouble with love is. Oh my gosh. Got it, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, the trouble with love is with uh, Kelly Clarkson. It's such a good song. And that was like the early days. And then later, like, um, you know, she's like, I do not hook up like those songs like that. Like she just had so many. And now she has her own TV show, like incredible, incredible woman. Seriously. She overcame like those creative struggles. And like, again, like she technically was just an average person who just auditioned for a show. And that's crazy to me same with you know um uh, carrie underwood iconic queen a country beautiful beautiful girl um, amazing voice and um same thing with an american idol catherine mcphee american idol um but ooh, ooh, another iconic american idol winner um was from 2007 i would say yeah 2008 2007 miss jordan sparks you know her songs tattoo no air such good throwback songs and I remember when she started when she was dating at some point um Jason Derulo I just loved them as a couple like they look so cute together I know it's not the case now or you know um she went through it but like Jordan Sparks like her songs Tattoo No Air are such good throwback songs I really liked at some point I was more into bands I would say than singers 
Um, but I think as I grew up and people were, especially um, those like Fergie, for example, who was part of the Black Eyed Peas or, you know, female artists who were part of groups that later separated, I, I tended to like love what they were putting out. And I really liked No Doubt was one of those like groups I really liked. No Doubt had really good songs like Spider Webs. And later when Gwen Stefani decided to do her own solo album, she was just a really cool chick. Like she had really cool style. Cool from Gwen Stefani. Like that song is still one of my favorites from her like to this day. It's such a really good song that you can really connect with. And I think it's so relatable. And it's just like just a nice song. Like just really good. And along with that kind of more slow jams, R&B vibes, like Neo is still one of my favorite artists. Like I really admire him because um, every album that he put out and a lot of people don't know, like he collaborates with so many artists, like he has it all. Like he produces, he writes and his all his own stuff and he collaborates with so much people. Like he wrote or was a co-writer for Irreplaceable, like from Beyonce, like just like, you know, how Sia or Sia like, she was more of a songwriter and then, you know, sold her songs. And then later on, she, she became, like, you know, more on the forefront. I just really admire, like, the musicians out there who are writing all the songs and especially especially the lyrics, like, all by themselves or, or just co-writing with one other person. I think that's really cool. And I just still love the R&B vibe. Like, Neo, like, I feel like it's a bit underrated. Like, he had so much good songs, like, well-written songs. And love his stuff. Really, really love his stuff. Now, do you guys remember a song titled Don't Trust Me? And I bet you do because it goes like black dress with the tights underneath. She wants to touch me. Oh, she wants to love me. Oh, she wants to kiss me. Oh, 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 oh. Like, seriously, I think Don't Trust Me. It was one of those songs where it was, you know, played like at parties and stuff. And, um, you know, at first when you heard it, you're probably like, what is even this song about? Like, what? Like, why? Why is this even good? And but then the more you hear it, like, it's so catchy and gets in your head. And I still feel like it gets my head or comes up on my like um, throwback playlist. And, you know, it just gets in your head even 13 years later that it came out. Like, seriously. And it was by um, those that duo. I think it was 3OH3 and it had like an exclamation mark in it. And they came up with some good songs. Like I like their songs that they collaborated with Kesha on. Um, like My First Kiss Went a Little Like This. Like that song. And they had a Katy Perry song like Starstruck. Like they had some, you know, it was pretty like, I would say again, one hit wonders. Like art, you know. And in terms of an artistry, they're not that, like, they're just pretty mainstream. But mainstream is not a bad thing, like, honestly. But, yeah, 303, Don't Trust Me, super played song. I think it gets my head sometimes. And then, you know, it was 13 years ago that it was released. That's insane. There are, like, literally so many great songs from that time. I could go on and on about this. Um, but I guess I'm going to end and wrap up the episode here. I hope this was interesting and you all can, you know, can get to reminisce with me about these songs, these artists, um, you know, the concerts you went to back then, the dances, the parties, um, and everything that you were listening to back in the early 2000s to 2010. If you want to get involved, ask questions, 
participate in the next polls, and find out when new episodes are posted. You can follow the podcast Instagram at Pod. Always as well, the links will be in the show notes. Have an amazing weekend, you guys. Thank you for listening to Daydreams and Tea. Have a good one.